Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Yo, what's bappin' sports fans? It's Aaron and it's Stefan. It is I Hate This Team, a podcast about how much we love the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> we gotta change the name, I think, at this point. No. Uh, the branding's too strong at this point. I know, I know. I, uh, it, really, it really is, yeah. And I mean, that, that's getting way, way too ahead of ourselves. Like, if they win the Stanley Cup, we can call it I Love This Team, or I Hated This Team would probably be... More yeah, apt, I think but we, just, until we they, just add the D, I think, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I, again, I, I, you're right. We don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, of course. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, but, but what's the show about if not getting ahead of ourselves, right? That's true. At least that this season. True. And even when they sucked, it was like, okay, who's coming up in the, the Macklin Celebrini draft? Uh, yeah, let's see. Cucks played two games over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, the Detroit game and the Washington game. Yeah. Uh, general thoughts? Well, I think if you told me beforehand that, you know, they had two early afternoon, I mean, morning games, and they got, uh, I guess, three out of four points from them, I would, be, I would be fine. Is it annoying the way they lost against Detroit? Sure. Absolutely. But, you know, Re- really? Smith, I think, was due for kind of a, a bad game, maybe. And, uh, you know, Detroit, I think, is maybe better than people give them credit for as well. They're a playoff uh, bubble team, right? Like yeah, they are yeah. firmly in the wild card position right now. Uh yeah. by like points percentage and everything in the East. Like they're a team that's motivated to win. And I mean, credit to them for coming back in the third, I guess. Like Yeah. Uh, they're, a, they're a fun team to watch. I, and I and and I you know what? I don't mind that we got the gritty hit on us because that's kind of Wallman's like trademark thing. He's done it before, you know. He did it before on Casey DeSmith in overtime as well, back when DeSmith That's was with right. the Penguins. Yeah, so maybe it's maybe he just hates Casey DeSmith. I don't know, but uh, you know, if you're if, if you can't celebrate after scoring a penalty shot in overtime, then yeah, when, when can you celebrate? And it, no, it was, like I mean, we're gonna get to it later. The Morgan Riley stuff, obviously, yeah. but in in light of that, I think Jeff Merrick was saying, or someone was saying. They were surprised that Canucks didn't do anything about it, but it's like, what are you going to do? What would the game was over? What would they have yeah. done? And they're playing Detroit. I think is it this week? Yeah, it's uh, Zadorov's first game back, actually. Ooh, yeah. So that plus the gritty. I mean, there could be some fireworks, maybe, but could also be. it's like the, it's not that big of a deal, you know. I mean, I, I said like we'll get to the Morgan Riley stuff later, but it's just. You're champing at the bit to get to the Morgan Riley well, stuff. All the, just all the hockey code stuff is. I, obviously, I never played hockey, but like all the hockey code stuff is so funny to me because if you look at it from like the point of view of just like a regular guy, it's like yeah. this is so fucking stupid. What are you talking about? Uh, anyway, we'll 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 get to that later. But I I think you know uh, this this is like kind of the Canucks like slump of the season, and they it's beat not Carolina. That bad. I know exactly. And that's, you know, they, there's, there could be a worse slump. I'm sure, you know, things could happen. And, and, you know, do they have how many, they have one regulation win in their last six games, which is not ideal, but they're getting points, you know, 
mm-hmm. and they're the gap between them and Edmonton is still basically the same. Edmonton is losing now too, which is great. Yeah, like, um, like I, I tweeted this out when the Canucks went down against Detroit early on Saturday, but it's very important that we don't turn into Philadelphia Eagles fans yeah, where oh my God. they'll yeah. be like doing great. And then like the game will start and it'll be tied at halftime. And they're like, well, I'm going to self-immolate like this is too much. Uh, yeah. I'd rather be dead than watch this fucking shitty team that won a championship two years. Now, of course, the Canucks don't have the championship, but like. You mentioned they haven't won re- like in regulation that much recently. They still lead the league in regulation wins. The Canucks do. They yeah. are still first in the league in points percentage and by overall points. Like you got to look at this in context, right? Like it's a very long season. It's hard to keep like they they weren't going to be the Harlem Globetrotters that went through uh, New York City and the I guess tri-state area uh, completely fronting on other good playoff teams right yeah like this is going to happen in an afternoon game back-to-back afternoon games in the middle of february like who cares i'm just so happy that afternoon games are almost over yeah i was gonna ask is that it for them no there's there's one on family day and i think there might be one more sprinkled in there am i crazy that seems like more than usual maybe it's just because i'm like paying attention to the team maybe yeah (laughs) like you probably segmented them away last year when they happened, yeah. but like, I'm glad that's over. They're, they're human, right? Like it's a long grind to try and keep up for this long period of time. And like, you look at how they've played. The defense has been really good still like team defense wise, right? They haven't been yeah. giving up a ton of like high alert, five alarm, whatever chances. Uh, I mean, there's some in that third period uh, against Washington that I feel Demko shut Demko, down Demko and like obviously they're batting against boston but like they're yeah. figuring it out man like they got just got a new player that's sliding into their top six yeah they're figuring out like where he slots in which credit to them for getting him early i mean he hasn't like, played a home game yet you know like he he still has yeah. he still has time to adjust i think he's he's been fine you know you had um, uh how many like a, a quarter of your team was at the all-star game which they're getting like from one availability to the next to this event, it's not like that's going to be a super relaxing time for them. Right. Like, I think there's a lot of context around how they've played lately. And even then they're six, one and three in their last 10, they've like outright lost one game. And so this is what bad looks like. Cool. I I think the biggest concern is like how the top six has kind of gelled together. Like we're we're still trying to figure out like where Lindholm's going to slot in, what's going to be the best spot for him. Like I, I wanted to ask you, what did you think of that that Besser Lindholm JT Miller line over the weekend? I it seemed fine to me. I think. I mean, like you said, they're they're still trying to figure things out, right? And for the Detroit game, I just ended up watching the highlights because I had to play Mario Party with JF for eight hours on Saturday morning. It was eight um, hours long. I was like, how long's fifty turns? It went well. It ended up going. I guess it wasn't eight hours. It ended up going from. It was close. It was like eight to like. 230 so that's way too long (laughs) well what ended up happening is we had a we had a tip goal uh which when we hit the tip goal we had to reset the entire game so we got to like turn 40 Mm -hmm. uh this is mario party 3 we got to turn 40 and then it was me and jeff versus like two extremely hard computer players right and one of the computer players got an item that makes it so there's five turns left no matter when it is and so the chat like panicked and just hit the tip goal in like two minutes. And so the, we ended up playing essentially 90 turns. 
uh, Jesus Mario Christ. Party. And I won at the end. I did win at the end. Uh, and against the against the the hard computer, I mean, legitimately indistinguishable from cheating. The stuff that they can do. Oh, really? Because we played one of the. I don't know if you played Mario Party Three, but it has the desert board. And the thing with the it desert been board, a real long while, but yeah, yeah go ahead. The thing, the thing with the desert board is that it has uh, two stars, and one of them is a mirage. So whenever a star appears, there's always a second star that's a mirage, and the computer knows which one the mirage is. Oh, uh, come on! Because you can just tell the way they're playing; they always choose the right path to go on. They'll always like teleport to the right spot, and they they know exactly which one isn't the mirage. And it was just like it's such a it's- handicap to play against, but. Yeah, it's it, insider it was, trading. It's bullshit, man. It's I mean, I feel like Nintendo games are like that, though. I feel like Mario Kart is kind of the same way, you know, with all the with rubber banding and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. anyway, I missed the Detroit game because of that. But I, I think with in the Washington game, they looked good. And JT Miller, obviously, I mean, that is one of the funniest overtime goals I've ever seen. Oh, man, what a bag fumble by just it was McMichael. I think McMichael. Right? I wanted to call him McMahon and I knew that was wrong. Well, I think the thing with that, it, there were like, what, five seconds left. It's I, I, So what it was clear to me is that McMichael, and maybe they interviewed him about it afterwards, but like he had to think there was more time on the clock. He right? must have, right? Like if he knew it was five seconds left, he would have just hold just it in the corner it in the or, or just like ring it around the boards or something, right? But like he threw it just straight into the middle of the ice and... You know, the guy, it was a bad pass, obviously. I, I'm not sure which player it was that it, w- it was meant for, but mm-hmm. uh, he couldn't handle it. And then it was just straight. And, you know, it props to Miller for just like being in the right place at the right time. And it was like a nice shot, too. You know, mm. it was top corner. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it, I, I don't I, hate that line. Yeah, like I, I, I thought it sounded interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, when I was watching the Detroit game, it felt like wholly unspectacular. Yeah. And then I, I went and like heard people talking about the game afterwards and they were like, JT Miller just tied the most shots for Canucks player throughout this. I'm like, what? Yeah, JT had eight shots that game. Yeah. Um, Besser had two. And I wanted to pull up the natural stat trick. And uh, a lot of those shots must have come not at five on five because uh, at five on five, the shots were like three, four, four against. But they had 80 percent expected goals, which is uh, yeah, kind of kind of crazy. In fact. The Canucks as a whole against the Red Wings, they had a uh, 62% expected goals. So like, I think that can be a good case of, you know, negative regression happening. Like yeah. you're looking under the hood and it's like, well, they blew this lead, but like score effects at the end. And even then, like the Canucks controlled the underlyings and that second period was sick. I'm sad you didn't get to watch it. It was one of the most fun periods this season. Yeah. Um, Canucks killed off like seven straight minutes of penalties and then Hronik gets sprung as he's coming out of the box at the last minute, pulls the PK Subban on the breakaway and scores. And there's like a beautiful like Hoaglander Pedersen connection to go up three one. And I was like, oh, we are we are kicking back now. Uh, no, but that, well, they did kick they, back, I guess. They didn't kick too back. Much. But like here's in the third period, scoring chances were nine for Vancouver. Yeah, they had 69% of them. Like it wasn't like they played awfully high danger chances, five to one. So yeah. like what, what think hockey happens, right? Like they've been getting more of those bad luck things happen against them. Like the deflection uh, off Ovechkin into a skate into the net. Like those were things that they were happening to the Canucks earlier this season. So yeah. you're not always going to be like completely sprinting downhill Every now and then it's going to be like on a slight incline, right? Which I think is what we're seeing. 
Um, and uh, the results are still fine. So I'm not not too terribly well, we, we knew this was going to happen right and 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 you've brought this point up many times before is like if this is their slump and again it's possible they could have a worse one but mm. it's like if this is them like regressing to the mean they're still getting points and they're not playing yeah. horribly necessarily right and this is a road trip this is a tough eastern road trip right right this is a <laughs> lot of games like back-to-back oh, games like- games every couple nights like you're you're traveling you're away from home like it's tough right and you know you look at like the 2011 team, not to compare the two, but this is the yeah, best this team's teams. better. Yeah, well, Continue. This, I mean, <laughs> you, I guess you kind of can compare them because this is by far the best Canucks team since. Well, I guess 2012 technically was uh, still an incredibly good team. Yeah. But that era of team, this is by far the best roster since then. And even that team would have slumps or or you know lose oh, yeah. winnable games and 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 play like shit. Like it's every, no team is going to go 82 and 0, right? And I mean, it's crazy as Canucks fans that we have to remind ourselves of that because of how bad they've been for so long. Mm-hmm. But I did, someone in the Discord brought this up and I thought it was interesting. Um, I forget who it was, uh, but I, I think this is a really good point, which is, you know, uh, people always say like, oh, they need the adversity, right? They need some losses here to, for, for, uh, to understand adversity and stuff. And, mm-hmm. it's, and, and it's like, well, what have the, la- the last decade has been adversity, right? Like yeah. every, every player who's been in this team for the past like five or six years, like they know adversity. It's called playing for the Jim Benning era Canucks, right? They don't want to go back to that, right? Yeah. Like that that's, was from Jacob that's JPEG. Yes. That's a yes. great point. I think they don't want to go back to that, right? No, I so. agree. Like, and, and do, you, do you think that like, you know, Ian Cole hasn't faced adversity in his career before? Yeah. Like, of, of course he has. Right. Yeah. So I saw a really good thing on Twitter today. Now I'm trying to find it again about the time zones that the Canucks have played in so far this year. Yeah. Um, okay. This is from 2021. Never mind. Anyways, there's like barely any Eastern time zone games left this season. Almost everything is going to be later Pacific games. So that's really nice. It's nice mm. for me being able to like watch them as well. And for you. Um, so yeah, hopefully it does get easier that way. And they've been a really good home team as well. So uh looking forward to that. Hopefully things look up uh a little bit more. So an- another thing I wanted to mention, yeah. um it, this it it jarred me in the uh the second period of that Red Wings game where it was like a whole lot of Pedersen. Canucks fans are so stupid. Dude. They're so they're stupid. So dumb, man. There is so there, dumb. There is a Donnie and Dolly poll right on I'm Friday. Glad, I'm glad you're bringing this up. This, and this, this was stunning to me. Fucking insane to me about is Elias Pedersen worth $12 million? And uh, the yes. poll. The answer is yes. Yes, obviously. The poll was 58.2% no. And like the, the first one of the first comments is Nylander got 12 and a half. Pedersen's obviously worth more than 12 then because he plays a more premium position has yeah. a better points per game in his career on and on and on and on. And I guess there's like a recency bias because he hadn't popped off in a, a couple of games. He had like maybe one is like, I guess it was after the shitty Boston game, right? Where yeah. he was minus four. And then he's in on all these goals in the, uh, the second period looks great carrying the team. I mean, if you'd asked when he was the third star of the week, when he'd got like three or four game winning goals, which was like a month ago. Yeah. It overwhelmingly would have been yes, but just like a fucking goldfish. can't remember what happened five seconds ago. Yeah. Like he's going to get 12 if he wants it. He's going to get more than 12 if he wants it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just, I think like, man, I just, I, 
I don't understand. It, it was the same thing with like the Sedins as well, right? Where mm-hmm. and you see it happen with other fan bases too. Like you see it happen with like Austin Matthews in Toronto or McDavid and Edmonton. McDavid and Edmonton's the where, one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah, where they're like the big guy on the team and they get shit on the most, right? And it's like, yeah. do you know how bad your team would be without them? Like it, it it happened a lot with the Canucks too when Benning's roster construction meant that the bottom six was like expensive and shitty. Mm-hmm. And the blame for the team sucking would go to the really good players who had to drag those corpses around the entire game, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, um, and it's just, and it's not, it's not unique to Canucks fans. I think it, I don't, and I don't even think it's necessarily unique to Canadian hockey fans, but it, it is common among them and, mm-hmm. and those fan bases. But it, it's just like, you see the, you, it's the player you see the most and you rely on the most. And so when they have a bad game or a stretch of, of bad play and not even bad play, but like bad play for them, like yeah. it stands out a bit more, I guess, but it's like you, you cannot, you can't be blaming them. Like, yeah, I'm not no, saying they're absurd. blameless, you know, like, but you, that's not the problem, right? They're, yeah. they're never the problem most of the time. Yeah. I mean, like there's things they could do better. Like I'm still can't figure out why the team has like a really good power play and like the bottom six seems to be able to control play well and drive. And yet all this talent in the top six, like five on five scoring seems to be an issue. Yeah. But I think it's just mixed. It's not, it doesn't come down to like the individual players. And it's probably a bit of what I said before where it's a long season, man. Yeah. Every now and then Pedersen's going to go supernova and he does. I think like fans probably, and I guess myself as a fan as well, it would be nice if night in night out Pedersen was dominating like Nathan McKinnon does. Sure. But, but he's not as good as Nathan McKinnon, you know, as much yeah. as we love him, you know, like but, and, and no one like, real, very few players are. And McKinnon's later in his career as well. That I know there's like exactly. statistical age curve, blah, blah, blah. But like, there's a lot that happened to get McKinnon to this point. Yes. And uh, I mean, McKinnon was the first overall draft pick for a reason, you know? So yeah. maybe it's just like, that's what the expectation is, is that they're going to be that level of superstar instead of like that minus just a little insy teensy witsy bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the schedule coming up, by the way, like yeah. some interesting games. Very winnable game a, tomorrow. Go, sorry, go ahead. I did have another Canucks fans are so stupid point. I'd love to hear it because I, um, I love shitting on Canucks fans. All the people that think uh, the Twitter account Taj1944 is Thomas Durant's wearing a disguise. What would that what would that accomplish? I don't know. And it's been pointed out a lot that like Taj's account is older than Durant's Twitter account, yeah, which would mean well, he would have like had a burner and then created a professional account. Drance's account used to be Artem Chubarov. That was yeah, the Chubarov well. 13, right? It's like, it's, they're not, it's not, Taj is like a guy who posts stuff from the radio. It like, it, it's yeah, nice I, to have because I can't listen to every show, you know, but it's, it's clearly a different guy, you know? It's an insane fucking proposition to me because like, as someone that like podcasts or broadcasts or whatever, like it's, what I'm not doing is like sitting there all day watching my own shit and putting out quotes or like watching the, like your stream all day yeah. and like quoting it on my Twitter page to like summarize no this time news. time to do that. It's, not, it's crazy to think of. Like, Durant, Durant's works uh, so hard and Taj <laughs> is like, I, you know, I'm Taj is like doing a helpful. I mean, obviously he like editorializes, but like, yeah. and, and he's still kind of 
negative about the team, which, you know, I, I understand you're after you're sort of conditioned. Uh, different after the strokes, right? Yeah, I get it. You know, but they're clearly like Drance has been pretty positive about the team this year, like rightfully yeah. so. And like, they still have, they have a completely different tone as well, which doesn't yeah. even take it to the count. The fact that like Drance is on the road as a beat rider. He's not waking yeah. up at fucking, I guess it's later on the East coast, but never like, He's covering practice. He's not listening to Donnie and Dolly to find out what the Cerevelli hit said about a Pedersen contract extension so he can tweet it out. It makes no fucking sense. Brain of a dog. Um, (laughs) Other Canucks news. uh, Jet Wu's called up. Yeah, that's interesting because is he going to play? People were talking about potential move being made. I mean, Zadorov is back uh, on uh, against Detroit on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, one one more game off. Um, maybe a player's hurt or something. Uh, I think almost also like Abbotsford isn't playing for a little bit too. Maybe. Yeah. So it's like just getting you know an NHL paycheck, getting some you know because he's putting his time down there. Obviously, definitely. Yeah, it's um, a good reward for him, and it's a a nice story. Yeah. I, I kind of think for a couple of reasons. One, whenever Collington or Ryan Johnson or Alvin gets interviewed about Abbotsford and asked about it, they always say that they want players to come up for good when they get called up. Yes. Unless you're Linus Carlson. Yeah. And and they're not just like calling up guys to have an experience and a little bit of a paycheck and coming back down. Like that's why we haven't seen Pod Colson up yet, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Pod Colson will be on the team next year. Like pretty much guaranteed. My, my my assumption is that this is like when they called up Nils Amont, where yeah. now he's just going to be a fixture for whatever reason. Yeah. And maybe they want to send like Mark Friedman, who's pending um, UFA down instead. Like maybe they want to see what Wu has. And because I do believe that Jet Wu is not, he is waiver eligible. So if you're to send him down again, yeah, he would have to clear waivers. So like, this is someone that's been in your organization since Quinn Hughes got drafted. You've put a lot of time and like equity into him. You probably don't want to lose him for free. And he's pending RFA. So it's not like there's the, uh, the, you know, they re-signed Nils Amon to like a higher uh, AHL contract after yeah. he got called up because less likely to get claimed while being sent down. Yeah. So I, I just think it would be bad asset management to like now immediately put him on waivers if you're just were looking for like collateral in case someone else gets hurt. Like, why not just call up Cole McWard in that case? Because he will clear waivers easily. Well, I really hope I'm right about this. another healthy scratch. Yeah, which is like kind of terrifying. And I mean, maybe once this podcast is out or as we're recording this podcast. I I am refreshing uh, Twitter and r slash Canucks just in case something crazy happens. But so far, nothing. Sign two contracts expire. Where does it say on cap friendly if someone's waiver eligible or not? I probably just control F waiver, right? Waiver. Waiver history two. Uh, okay, a, yeah, he's, there's a he, waivers calculator, I think. Um, he, yeah, he was placed on waivers and cleared uh, when he went down to Abbotsford after training camp. Yeah, so, so he, does, he does require waivers. He does require waivers. So maybe yeah. they think they can get him through because he went through before. Um, or be here for good, which in which case, good for him. Yeah. I, I guess he's been playing both sides, uh, left and right, in Abbotsford this year, which is maybe something that they want to look at. Maybe they don't love Friedman on the, the left side. Or yeah. maybe someone's a little bit banged up. Like, I know Hronik went down hard in that Washington game. So... 
perhaps they're wanting to rest him and they're going to go with Friedman, Wu, and Juleson against Chicago because, well, it's Chicago and you kind of want your best guys to recover. So I guess we'll see. It's yeah. hard to tell because they had a day off today, right? Um, or as I, you I, said, I really, I really hope we get to see him play. Like I, yeah, I, me I too. love seeing a, a new young guy play. Even you know he's twenty three, but like it's always it's always a cool story. So hopefully we get to see him play oh. a, a game or two here, and he and he's good. You know, and but. and Faber retweeted the a hit he made last Dude, year. That hit was crazy. I'm like, oh yeah, let's see some of that. Yeah, like uh, I've been a little bit of a hater when I've seen him play live, at least the first viewing, but sec uh, looked way better on my other viewings of him. So. Hopefully uh, he can get into the lineup and, and make an impact. Speaking of the AHL, I went to a, a Wranglers game. Yeah. Against the uh, San Diego Gulls. The Ducks. Uh, uh, the Ducks team. affiliate. Got to see Owen Zellweger, who was he's, he, he's awesome. Crazy. Is it? Oh, it's oh, it's Olin, I think. Is, is it Olin? I think it's Olin. Oh, man. Oh, I, I think I didn't it is. Say, it is Olin. You're right. It is Olin. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. He uh he scored a goal and had like a really cool celly where he like put his hands up to celebrate, but he's doing it kind of limp to like taunt the crowd that was by him. Yeah, uh, the, he looks he looks really crazy. He looks really good. Yeah, the uh, the fucking the Wranglers, man. They lost five nothing the night before I went. Yeah, and Dustin Wolf got called up to back up Markstrom, and okay. so they played their like second string goalie two nights in a row, and he let in six goals on i think it was 16 shots okay yeah not uh, great they, yeah they lost 7-4 i got to see like probably the best hockey fight i've seen live they uh they actually squared up off the face off like old school enforcer wow. staged fight style and then they were jarring at each other in the box the whole time and when the five minutes had expired and it was between whistles and they were skating back they fucking dropped gloves again and then the refs got in between them, so they couldn't fight. Like, Who was a second it? Who time. was fighting? Oh, like two like goons nobodies. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the one guy's last name might have been Owen or something. Okay. Um, but the reason I wanted to bring it up is I was in the Calgary Flames team store, and yes, uh, I did see this. This was pretty yeah, funny. They have <laughs> funny is not well. well it's kind yeah. of funny, you it, know. Yeah. Not a ha ha funny. Darkly funny. Darkly yeah. funny. They're fucking still got Dylan Dubé's like jerseys up in the Flames team store, like proudly on display. And I don't know, like, did they just not think of it as no one pointed it out as have the supervisors not walk through or yeah. PR and stuff? Maybe we shouldn't have the guy that's on trial for sexually assaulting uh, someone. Maybe we shouldn't be selling their jerseys. <laughs> well, I guess he is on a mental health break, according to the. Calgary Flames. So right, of course, yeah. Um, that's so that's insane. Yeah, and have, like, but, yeah. what would be the argument for keeping it there? I, maybe there's some sort of like innocent until proven guilty, but I still think that's that's absurd. Like, where the and what would the other argument be? Oh, we want to get rid of inventory. Were the Canucks still selling Vertanen jerseys in the team store when he got his? Uh, I mean, you know, pro- they, I'm sure they put, they put them on clearance or something, probably. But yeah. Hopefully oh. not advertised anywhere. No, but I, I, yeah. I think you just cut your losses on those like six jerseys that you had printed up or like, you know, take the, the embroidery off. And it was, I was hoping it would get a little bit more traction. So maybe if anyone's listening with like a, a bigger scope, check out our Twitter page at uh, hate this team pod. Yes. And uh, I posted a picture of it. 
God. Fuck the flames. Fuck the um, flames. <laughs> uh, Morgan right. Riley. Yeah, let's get into it. Really funny, obviously. The empty net goal slap shot by Grieg is like hilarious. That's funny. It, yep. It looked really funny. Now, would I be pissed off if it happened to the Canucks? Yes. Mm-hmm. Would I want the Canucks to attack the guy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would hope that they would maybe shove him and start a fight rather than cross check him in the face, you know? Yeah. Um, but in the moment, I'm not going to lie. I, w- I probably would have been like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. But like, it's just so funny that of all the people to do it, it was Morgan Riley. Yeah. Like, it, I'm reading the, the Steve Simmons article about it. Oh, good. Where he's like, it's ridiculous to throw the book at Morgan Riley. And there's a couple of really funny quotes in here. Uh, you don't throw books at players such as Riley who happens to read them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, man, I haven't read a Steve Sings article oh, for a while. He's, he's so fucking stupid. It's, yeah. I mean, I think part of it, and I saw some people posting about this where there actually have not been that many suspensions against it for, for acts committed against the Leafs recently, which is kind of crazy, but also like, I think back to like the Kadri hit on Daniel Sedin, not mm-hmm. getting a suspension. Um, and I feel like there was another really dirty one from, it might've been from Robodaw before he got injured. This was like a while ago, obviously, but like those didn't get penalized either. So like, I think it goes both ways. And also like the point I saw people raising is that like, well, especially cause it was like a, uh, it was a Saturday night game. Right. So like, yeah, it's going to be like a, a national broadcast, but like, when it's the Leafs, this is sort of the double-edged sword of like being the most popular team and like having all the media coverage is that like any little thing is going to get blown out of proportion. Um, not that this was blown out of proportion necessarily, although I guess it was, but like it, it's, it's more likely that you're going to, people are going to see it and, and you know, the, and I'm sure that makes a difference. Right. But it's so crazy to hear people say like, Oh, he doesn't deserve to get suspended at all, even. Oh, you know? he absolutely he, deserves to get suspended. He cross-checked him in the head. I mean, that's, sorry, that is, and it was, like, so clear why he did it also. Like, it was because he was pissed off about, it was, like, it was also, like, not during the play, right? It was after a goal was scored, too, yeah. right? Um, anyway. Which, just, which I, I get, like. I totally it's... get it. I totally get it. And, like I said, like, I think if that had happened to the Canucks, I would have been, like, okay, take that guy's head off, you know, in the moment. But it's like, you can't do that. Like just, yeah. Like it's funny to see like this, this is really funny to read from the Simmons article, but it is like kind of technically true. Uh, He raced towards the, uh, I think he meant to say unsuspecting here, but it says inspecting. (laughs) He raced towards the inspecting (laughs) Ottawa player. And instead of doing the smart thing, like sucker punching him, it's very funny to to hear sucker punching as the smart option, but like mm-hmm. compared to cross checking him in the face, it kind of would have been right? probably unless he bertuzied him. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, I think if you go up and give him a face wash, you go up and shove him, you get him, you ask him to drop the gloves. Like those are all. Yeah, you cross check him in the shoulder. Sure, because that's the thing. It wasn't even a cross check in the shoulder that went up and hit him in the head. Right. It was just directly in the face. Yeah. So it, just like a, a, a stupid play. And like, but I totally get as well, like why the slap shot on the empty net goal happened too, right? It's a rivalry <laughs> game. You've had a really shitty year. You're at, you're playing at home, but it's like mostly Leafs fans there. Like, yeah, I get, I, think, I get that, you know, fundamentally, if you're really upset about him scoring an empty net goal like that, you shouldn't have put yourself in the position where Ottawa yeah. is scoring an empty net goal against you. 
Yeah. And you're you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? I think that's that's number one. I guess. Yeah. Like for me. I'm somebody that granted I was like 13 years old when Bertuzzi punched more. I thought that was really cool. I was like, he deserved that for elbowing Naslund. Now, yeah. hindsight being 2020, could he have handled <laughs> that situation better? Maybe. Yes. But <laughs> again, if that had happened to the Canucks, right? And you say, like, Zadorov was right there. I guess a more apt uh, comparison would be as if, like, Quinn Hughes was right there. Yeah. But let's, let's, for the sake of comparison, we'll just keep going on with Zadorov because he's currently suspended. He went and fucking cross-checked the guy in the head. I'd have been like, oh, you shouldn't have done that, but that's cool. Good for you. Yeah. I don't think it's like a, a really big. Like, also, you don't have to morally if, if Zadorov, grandstand if about it. Zadorov is cross-checking you in the head, you are going to You're going to feel it. Yeah, it's yeah. probably going to be a worse result. So I'm really excited to watch I, Zadorov in the playoffs, even though he's like kind of a risky player, because there's going to be a moment where he just absolutely beats the shit out of somebody. Yeah, it's, it's going to kick rock. ass. Yeah. That's why he's got to say. That's why I want him to be re-signed, man. He yeah. just does cool shit. It's fun to yeah. watch. And I like having like this big bruiser out there that you can be like, ah, he's going to kill someone. Well, I can't wait for him to kill someone. But this on that is, note, like, oh, sorry, I'm reading the Simmons thing and it's just, he's just saying, oh, Riley's never done this before. So you should be nice to him. He's a really nice player. He's like a lady Bing guy, you know? Like, yeah. He's in these fucking nice Pepsi Max commercials. With Zach Hyman. Oh, awful commercials, but, by the way. Um, I think you could recognize that you like it when players on the team that you cheer for beat the shit out of other guys. Well, also like it's probably bad for the growth of the sport and like CTE is bad, but here's my hot take. Um, I think that maybe it, it's good and leftist if there's CTE because <laughs> who are, who, who are hockey players? If not privileged cishet white men, Oh, that's true. Right. You yeah. got to come from, from money and power they're, to be they're able to right play wing hockey. Guys too. They're yeah. all right wing guys. Yeah. Who cares if they get a little bit of head trauma? There you go. It's fine. That's, that's, the, le- that's the leftist way of looking at it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. It, it is it, like, I think it's very funny because it's going to fuck over the Leafs really badly, right? Because they really need Riley back there because their, their defense sucks. And they're going to have, like, what's your prediction? Because I think. By the time this episode, this episode's going to come out, hopefully tonight, but maybe tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, the announcement should come down like early tomorrow morning, right? Because the hearing was today. Yeah, I'm surprised I'm, it hasn't come out yet. I'm guessing. I'm guessing five games. I'm going to go but, over. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to get because what was seven, the maybe? What was the longest suspension this year? Uh, the David Perron one. Yeah, which was six. Uh, let's see. That was six games, yeah. And that was a pretty bad cross-check also. Yes. But that was like, I mean, that was after the play also. Anyway, that was, there was some context there. He was, he thought he was cross-checking a different guy. So. Yeah, he thought he was doing a revenge cross-check, but he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And like, did Perron have priors? I believe so. Let's see. David Perron suspension history. Uh, oh, maybe not actually. Okay, no. so so Perron got that suspension um, with no priors. So I think that's probably the baseline. And yeah. I kind of feel like it's going to be more just because it is such a big story because it did happen to the Leafs and it was like Hockey Night in Canada. Everyone was watching it. And it, in a sense, it's like a, a more egregious act. 
instead of getting retribution on your guy that was hurt, which is weird that like this factors into it at all. And it's not just like a blatant like rule thing, but yeah. like the fact that it happened to like a goal that was being celebrated. Um, I, I think they're going to go. My guess is eight. I think the over under should wow. be set at six, but I'm just going to, I'm going to take a big swing here. Did Damn. you see that, uh, that screenshot of, um, if Morgan Riley didn't like it, he should have back checked. No. Oh, I saw there's a clip of the like, well, a screenshot of the goal of him like wiring, winding up and firing. And Morgan Riley is like at the blue line, not skating. So he uh, he picked up his pace afterwards to to get retribution. I um, like playing rugby, right? Like there's there's showboaty things guys will do when they're about to score a try. Like you get a of course a break, right? And you run, and unlike football, where you pass the the plane and it's a, a touchdown, in rugby you have to actually touch the ball to the ground. And so occasionally, what guys will do is they'll like if they have a clear break, they'll just stand in like your own like end goal end zone and wait and make you run back to like try and tackle them. And just before you do, they touch it down, and it's like a disrespectful like showboaty thing. And when a guy does that. You better believe if I get a chance to stomp on his hand in a ruck with my cleats, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm, I'm incredibly dirty when I play sports. Sure. I think that's like normal and fine. Like, that's a normal reaction. And I think at like a higher level, too, like it's just going to be heightened. Right. But you also probably shouldn't do it right after spear him next game. You know? Yeah. Hit did, him you in see the nuts. The, uh, did you see the Ryan Reeves quote? Oh, yeah. He's like, you're lucky I wasn't out there trying to score with a minute left in the third period. Yeah, very funny to imagine him out there in an empty net situation. But he said, if you rewind to when I came into the league, which was like 2011, not that long ago, he's probably still laying on the ice. I thought his response was appropriate. I don't see how a kid that young thinks it's appropriate to do something like that. It's just so funny. All the Leafs fans are more mad at at Grieg for the for the empty net slap. The slap shot. It looked so fucking funny. Yeah. I loved it. It's great. It's some personality in the game. It doesn't hurt anyone except people's feelings, I guess. But like, and again, I'm not a professional hockey player, obviously, but all the stuff from the code, like Ryan Reeves, you're on the fucking bench. You, you are like, Leafs fans don't want you on the team anymore because you're like actively hurting them when you play, you mm-hmm. know, like, ah, it's just so funny to hear. I love it. Um, <clears throat> I think that speaks to like a, a greater problem with the uh, the Maple Leafs this year. Like there, you, you know, we talked earlier about the Canucks adversity in, in prior seasons. This Leafs team, they're dealing with the weight of how many first round disappointments and then being swept in the second round after they finally got over the hump last year of the first round. Right. So they're they're carrying a lot with them. And I think like how everyone has reacted to it like from the yeah. team with like Sheldon Keefe's comments etc it, it kind of shows how fragile they are oh my god yeah. as a as a club so like you want to talk about adversity let's see what they do in the playoffs when they stack up against some adversity it's if the they difference between it, like yeah that's the thing right like it's going into the year with expectations right that's why this year has been so fun as mm-hmm. a Canucks fan is because no one really had any expectations outside of like oh maybe they'll be a wild card team right yeah. And so we're playing with house money at this point, right? Well, this and is I gonna... think 
it's been it, a great year but it's slowly shifting as well right sure, and you can course, tell by course. like the temperature around the team and like that philadelphia eagles thing from before right yeah where they're first in the goddamn league and where it's like oh, i don't know about this mm, i'm not sure because like the expectations have kind of changed over time right yes it's absolutely no longer i think for really any fan that's taking like paying attention to the team oh it'd be fun if they made the playoffs what if they won around the expectations are way higher because the expectations for the team themselves are a lot higher and management's expectations are a lot higher yeah um here's another thing hockey related moving on from morgan riley uh with zadorov getting suspended and the Canucks playing Juleson and Friedman. Well, I thought Juleson had a stormer against uh, Washington. I thought he looked really good. Yeah. Some really daft defensive plays. D- uh, daft or deft? Deft, not daft. Okay. I was like, wait, <laughs> daft's the bad word. I'm, I'm probably using this wrong here. Um, it's a good thing we don't record with Chris James. Be fucking retired. Oh, man. Yeah. You, oh, you got to watch out with, with, with the flubs. If you have a flub around him, it's a game over. Ooh. <laughs> Anywho, uh, it kind of shows the depth of this blue line. Mm-hmm. And so while I, I previously had been thinking, I'd love to get a bit more size up front. Jordan Greenway, come on down. Yep. I think they're likely going to get some more defensive depth. That's what it feels like. That's what I think Friedman keeps saying. Whether it's someone as big as Tanev or, or more of like a third pair guy. Um, but I think they kind of need to because... I will tell you this, and he's been better this year than I think anyone would give him credit for. He's been better this year than anyone expected. But Tyler Myers, in that Washington game, he had a couple shifts where it was just like... And that Red Wings game. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I didn't... Like, I'm assuming he was just as bad in that one. But there was one shift in particular against Washington where he had like three chances to clear the puck and just whiffed every single time. Yeah. And it's just so crazy to see. He's he's so bad at clearing the zone. And it just results in them getting pinned in there. Washington gets like a bunch of grade A chances. Like that's gonna happen in the playoffs mm-hmm. against a better team and it's gonna fuck them over, right? Like Myers he, should be the seventh guy. Yeah, he got uh completely walked by Lucas Raymond on that opening goal against yeah. the Red Wings as well. Um I've been I've been carrying some water for Myers this year and I'm starting to. Uh, I mean, he had a stretch where some he of was, that water. Out. He did have a stretch where he was pretty good, but he's he's kind of back to back to the Tyler Myers we know and love. You know, yeah. Well, this is kind of the Tyler Myers experience, right? Is yes. you're like, well, this guy, third pair, awesome, and then like the season creeps on, and low he is like top four in defenseman minutes, which is probably what's happening here with Carson Soucy and now Zadorov yeah. out. So if and it's a big if the blue line is healthy. I think he's he's fine in there. Yeah. But yeah, it would be nice to have a bit more insurance against that. Um, I heard uh, Kevin Woodley on the radio today talking about the Carson Soucy being gone. He was <laughs> saying with all their fancy analytics, like looking under the hood at the team defensively, it has been getting steadily better all year long. But that rise gets a lot less sharp when Soucy isn't in the lineup. So how they're performing on the penalty kill, how they're performing defensively at five on five. Uh, and I think you can see it as well, right? Like the best stretch of hockey this season for the Canucks was with Susie in the lineup. So yeah. excited to get him back. 
I guess kind of a drag that he's on IR now, but I think yeah. that was inevitable with it being what a, a six week was injury. He, was right? he injury prone with Seattle, or is it I just don't like think so. Canucks luck? I mean, I will say overall this year the Canucks have had really good injury luck. Knock yeah, on wood. Knock on wood. Um, Big knock on wood. Compared to the last few, you know, just compared compared to their entire history, really, I think this has been a bit of an outlier mm-hmm. in terms of them being healthy. Um, and let's hope it stays that way. But yeah, I wonder with Susie, was he? Injury prone in Seattle. I don't know. I don't so know if we have any crack. He played. He played but. seventy-eight games last season. Okay, sixty-four the season before that, and then in Minnesota, fifty and fifty-five. So, okay, maybe but not I, I, as bad we, as we this season. If, but we also don't know if that was him being like scratched necessarily, yeah. or because um, he's been great this year when when he's played, um, and you know having him back is going to be huge. But and he's so gotta, handsome. He is. He is. And is he, is he he's not from or he's not local. Is he's he? from Viking, Alberta. Right. Okay. Okay. So not not too far off. Viking, Alberta, I think home of the Sutters, I believe. Really? I think so. Let's see. Sutter family, Viking, Alberta. Oh yeah. I'm on yeah, I'm on them. Viking.ca and the Sutter <laughs> family has their own section on the website. So All right. So that yeah. is true. I, yeah, I knew I recognized that name from somewhere. <laughs> here's something interesting that I learned. So Daryl Sutter's son mm-hmm. plays for the Wrangler still like a, one of the lesser Sutters, but he's been hurt this year. Yeah. Calgary Wranglers or it's his nephew. But, you know, when you're at a, a game and they don't let you come down with like the games being played. Yes. Uh, and then you have to wait till the whistle. So that happened and you're there forever, right? Yeah. yeah. Brett Sutter. Brett Sutter. Okay. Is that who's his daddy? I think his dad is Brent Sutter. Maybe. Let's see. I think he was drafted. No, he's he Daryl Sutter's son. Okay. Yeah. Son of former Calgary Flames head coach, Daryl Sutter. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. What the security guard was saying. There's this. Yeah. This was some bullshit at the game. I was like leaned up, like watching the game from the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And this old fucking codger comes in front of me. And I had like maybe four, three or four feet in front of me to the stairs, but there's like a little bit of wall and he just like stands and leans right in front of me. So now I can't see the goddamn ice anymore. <laughs> uh, and I like had half a mind to like do it to him as well, but it would have been like really a, an aggressive thing to do to this, this piece of shit. And I was holding like two of those little swirl ice creams I was bringing to the missus. So I don't want to get into an altercation with two ice creams. Anyways, of course. the, uh, this guy starts chatting up the security guard and, he asked uh, something about about Brett Sutter and whether his dad like watches him. Is he in the crowd tonight? And apparently when Daryl Sutter is watching his son play, he just goes into the saddle dome, like up at the very top and like watches it from press level where they don't let any fans in. Uh, kind of interesting. Yeah. And then like he even though he's like not a part of the organization anymore he can basically just like walk in there like he's got the key still and yeah like, yeah I go for who cares yeah oh, i guess man. yeah ownership probably loves him if they they hired him twice i would yeah i wonder if he fired has, him twice has he has he been he's been the gm and the coach too right was, yeah he was, was, there the a GM, where he was the gm and the coach at the same time i think in this first go around yeah i think whatever who cares um <laughs> Do I have any other? Fun? I don't really have any other notes. It's been a lot of hockey, but it's been over such a short period of time. I know, I've been able to to develop that many takes. I'm pissed. Bedard is still out because I wanted to watch him. Uh, yeah, tomorrow's game. But also, I'm glad he's out because 
I would like the Canucks to win that game. Yeah. Not that Bedard being there necessarily means they're going to lose because Chicago fucking sucks. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would uh, I I would like some more wins here. They're playing Chicago, then Detroit, then the game on Saturday against Winnipeg. Winnipeg has kind of fallen off a little bit. Yeah. So they've um, they had Kyle Connor come back from injury. Right. And they split mm-hmm. up that line that was working so well for them with Ehler. They've sent like Ehlers back down the lineup and it seems like that's like directly proportional to them kind of falling off, which uh, I'm here for. Yeah, they're four, five, and one in their last 10. Yeah. Uh, okay. Same as the uh, Avs, by the way. The Avs have lost Abs three in a row. I think they lost four in a row at this point. Uh, maybe one's an maybe. overtime loss because an NHL oh, okay. comment saying three. I see. Uh, yeah. Vegas has been heating up with Aiden Hill, though. So hoping that uh, hoping that the Canucks can stay ahead of them. I guess that's that might be like a bigger stakes thing for the rest of the year. Like they have a pretty good lead on them. Let's see. Yeah, Canucks are up by eight points, and Vegas has a game in hand. So the Canucks okay. would have to really fall off. Um, I know according to Dom Lecision's model for making the playoffs, they have the Canucks as like a seventy-one percent favorite to okay. win the, the, win the division. division. Okay. Let's actually look at that from uh from Money Puck. Oh man, that's nice to look at. Canucks uh percent <laughs> chance to make the playoffs. Uh they have so Money Puck has the Canucks as 79% to win the division. Um win cup odds. There's Vancouver at fourth behind Florida, Dallas, and Carolina. Okay. I mean, I'll take that. I'm not yeah. complaining. Nope. Doesn't, Dallas does, Dallas has been getting a little hot recently, I think, too. Um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, seven, I'm, two, and one in their last ten. Yeah. Uh yeah. did you watch any of that Edmonton LA game on Saturday? Uh no, that was LA won four nothing. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was it was at the Wranglers game, so I couldn't watch it, but I like That's came so home nice. to watch the last ten minutes of the third and cheer on Edmonton's downfall. Oh, wonderful. I'm glad I'm glad they're finally losing a little bit. because uh, I was Yeah genuinely terrified that they would never lose again yeah yeah oh god (laughs) man looking at the western playoff standings is so funny you have like you know all these teams are like plus 20 goal differential in the the divisions and then you have los angeles was also like a plus 24 goal differential in the the first wildcard spot and then you have like st louis minus five nashville minus six seattle minus eight uh calgary plus two goal differential Okay. They're heating up. They're on a four-game win streak. They're currently down against the Rangers as we're recording this. But that would be the absolute funniest, best first-round playoff matchup is if the Flames play the Canucks as the eighth seed because of like how incestuous the two lineups are. Did you imagine like Kuzmenko scoring a big playoff goal against the Canucks? Oh God! Don't even going up you against it up going now. up against Markstrom. You've got Zadorov uh, playing his old team, Lindholm, after making yeah. that trade. Man, I would I would be nervous because I know it's just the Canucks, right? And but you know what? The other the, on the other hand, we don't have Willie Desjardins uh, yeah. behind the bench, r- rolling lines one, two, three, four over and over and over I, again. God, I would love it too because I could go to a Canucks playoff game without having to take a flight. Yep, yep. Uh, I, it, I I I really want to get to a playoff game this year. I I really. I'm interested to see how expensive tickets are going to be, but mm-hmm. I, I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to fucking suck it's my, it up. Well, it's my, it's my birthday right around the playoffs. Okay. And it's been so long. Cause it, that was always so much fun is that 
for my birthday, like, you know, I'd, I'd watch a Canucks game, like at my parents' house with my dad or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. for like my birthday dinner. Cause they'd usually have a game in or around my, uh, like on or around my birthday. And, uh, I don't know this year, maybe get, get some tickets, go to a game. Could be good. Be I need to get to a regular fun. season game first. Like, yeah. Shit. You've yeah. been so good at, uh, at uh, you know your vow from last season to, to wow. not support the fuck, Canucks at all. Fuck that! Fuck that! Vow. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I think the the Flames thing is is really it's interesting to see what they're going to do because like they have a tangible chance at making the playoffs now. Yet they've stated they're not going to let the Gaudreau thing happen again, but it's going to be maybe hard to sell management. Like we could get playoff revenue, but we could Conrad get a, a high really, second round pick. Back. He's got a really difficult job right now. Yeah. As, as like a rookie GM. I don't and, envy that at all. Like well, and as a hater, I like it as well because they probably either way is going to, they're going to get fucked. Right. So it's like good for the Canucks if they make a playoff run and, yeah don't get assets back right so yeah i do hope the guys get tanov though i would love that, well, let's that figure be, it i mean out, i think guys. i guarantee i pretty much guarantee he will sign with them in the offseason regardless yeah. of if they trade for him or not but so it's not I, worth trading I, like a pod colson or something or no but two really second hope, round picks I, I or really, something i really hope he's on the team because i yeah. would love to see him with hughes again god yeah. damn i just love to, love to see him around in that canucks yeah. jersey yeah bring him home nice. yeah all right, well, Stefan, you got to go stream. I got to go stream. Go Canucks, go. Woo. We'll be back, uh, you know. Wednesday? Yeah, we're going to talk the, about after the Chicago game. Like Maybe something crazy. Maybe we'll something crazy will happen. Wednesday we'll or Thursday, we'll, we'll be back. We'll, yeah. we'll see you then. On Patreon. Patreon.com slash I hate this team. Bye. Yes, check it out. Bye. I said, uh-uh, it's called the Tobertuzzi. Call the Tobertuzzi. It's called the Tobertuzzi. Tommy Larshide calls him babe. A raging bull is another babe. And Marcus Nasler sets him up. This junkyard dog ain't no Said, uh-uh, it's called the Tobertuzzi. 44 called the Tobertuzzi. 44 calls the goalie Susie. He's super bird, yeah, he's number one. His highlight goals are so much fun. He gets a clapper out of his seat, a dancing to the Spinning all around, getting everybody woozy. He's 245, and it looks like the Watusi. I said, uh uh, it's called the Topper Tuesday.
said, uh-uh, it's called the Topper Toosie. Voting for all the Topper Toosie. 